Hello and welcome to Too Long Just Listen. This is a recap show where I talk about my article in depth that I wrote on my website, alexwan.co.uk. This week we're going to be talking about the eureka moment I've had rather recently uh, while playing poker. And I kind of want to talk about the emotion um, that I experienced and kind of this like kind of feeling, this, this incredible emotion that you get when you actually experience the eureka moment. In the article, I kind of reflect on the fact that uh, everyone has had these moments, these these eureka moments where something clicks, and you kind of go from saying, oh my god, I understand it, to actually now getting it. And that's what I think is super important. I began playing poker back in the sum uh, back in the winter, rather, of 2017 as just kind of something extra to do, to get me out of the flat, basically. Um, so... I was meeting new people and just kind of enjoying a, a new hobby. Um, poker had been something I've never really gotten into. I'd watched a bit of it on TV when it had been on TV. And I had also enjoyed just kind of seeing the game when I was younger. Um, I remember when the poker boom was happening. Uh, and hearing about like Black Friday and a few of these other things. But I had never really looked much more into it. I think I had played a poker like World Series video game on my PSP when I was a kid, but honestly I didn't actually realize any of it and I kind of just understood if I betted a certain size everyone would fold to me and I just did that continuously and uh, yeah I never made it very far because eventually someone would shovel me, I'd call and then I'd lose money. But uh, <laughs> my involvement with poker was a very natural one it was just a uni student that was in his last year looking for something to just kind of kill time and just meet some people and that's what it was and it was a great great experience um the thing is right i had decided after doing some winning enjoying meeting people and everything that i would take the game slightly more seriously um i was kind of using poker as this in-between point i was trying to use poker as this gap between me not being able to play much Magic the Gathering. Believe it or not, poker, because I was playing it at such a low and a cheap level, like, playing at UCL Poker Society, it's the main society I played at, was under £5 for each week. When you're going to a uni student saying, hey, do you want to go meet a bunch of people, kill like four to five hours, and it's only going to cost you a fiver, and you have the chance of potentially making money, it's like a no-brainer to me. I... Some people, that's going to sound stupid. You should just go along and enjoy it. But to me, I, I'm competitive, right? I've always been competitive, and I enjoy the rush of competition. It's why I've loved playing Magic the Gathering. It's why I loved playing video games at a competitive level. And this is why I kind of enjoy playing poker. That There's that competition, that element of just beating someone. I, I've never quite found the emotion, the same kind of rush that I get when you beat someone. And, and it's that, that incredible point. I've never been a sporty person, uh, so potentially that's why. The most sport I've ever really played was a bit of basketball when I was young, really, really young. Um, I played golf for a period of time, but like I had to retire that when I was younger because there just was nowhere else for me to play it, sadly. God, I sound incredibly middle class right now. Oh yes, I played golf, cricket. I did. Um, and now I play poker. Mm, look at me, daddy. <laughs> God. But um, frankly, poker, poker was filling this void because magic was just, one, not as accessible as it used to be and also was becoming more and more expensive. Which just isn't fun. Whereas poker was this thing which kind of could fill this void. It was going to cost me a fiver. And sometimes I'd make money. Which is fun.
Um, I then decided to start playing in a local casino in London. It was really easy for me to get into. Uh, it was really, well, not for me to get into, rather for me to get to. Um, and what was really useful about it was I basically paid like three to four pounds and then I would get to play two tournaments. And for someone that was only playing in tournaments, I never played the cash uh, games that were at the society. Well, actually, there wasn't much at that time. So I was basically only playing in the tournaments. And then while I was doing that, I was like, you know what? Going along to the casino, playing in two tournaments, that means I get to play more events, which means theoretically I'll get luckier. Problem is, I didn't quite realize I was just learning tournament mentality, which is a whole different thing, especially when you're playing live. It, it, it's this it's this thing that I still don't quite understand because I'm not I'm not very good. And that's something that I've very much grown to appreciate how like I am very medium at poker. Like I'm very, very medium at best. Um, I was recently talking with uh, my friend who's like also my poker mentor. And he was kind of like going, I was like, he was like, how would, how long, how far do you think you've got to go until you could potentially play on the EPT in your head? Because he was like, I know how much percentage I think you need to go. And I was like, well, I think I need to get at least 20 times better. And he was like, oh, I was going to put you on eight. But in my head, there's like so many levels of complexity to what poker is. You get dealt two cards. Everybody gets two cards. But that's just the start of it. And that... It's that insane thing. I think I think poker is just so so full of depth, which is just the invigorating part for me. Um, and then having this moment, I've never ha I haven't had quite this kind of level up moment in poker really ever. Um, I thought I think I got the rules pretty quickly, and I think I got to basically the average one one to maybe one two kind of level player pretty quick, or at least maybe like twenty five p fifty p one pound one pound player. I think I got there very quickly, um, partly because of the level of competition that was at the university societies I was playing, because most of the guys there were half decent or were fine, which means if you make a few mistakes, they will punish you, and you'll quickly stop making those certain mistakes, um, which is good, you know, which is great. Uh, but the other thing is, um, I was only learning, obviously, tournament poker, which obviously meant when I transitioned into playing cash poker and other things, I was not as good, right? But having this eureka moment was a big deal, because other than having feeling like I'd gotten better, but I hadn't had this, this like, light-click moment where it just... I went from understanding what I'd been reading in the books and saying, oh, no, I get it, I get it. It became natural. It, like, and I would be angry with myself later after this moment that um, I didn't do what I knew I should be doing. And I could snap know that I made a mistake, which is really actually rewarding, frankly, when you actually realize you've made the mistake in the moment. The mistake's been made. That's fine. But it's actually knowing that you're making the mistake. And now I'm getting to this point where I'm catching myself before I would make the mistake. And it's becoming natural. Um, or I would have thoughts go through my head. And I'm like, no, this is what I need to do. I need to basically bet X amount of money on the river so I can pull off my bluff. Or so I can make the most amount of money. And it's doing these things. Um, so this, so I kind of want to explain my one of my big problems. Because I don't explain it perfectly well in the article. And I, this is one of my things. Um, and by all means, um, if you have any critiques or... Uh, feedback about the website or about my article, by all means, please email 
myself at mars1business at gmail.com or on the contact page of my website of alexswan.co.uk. Um, all feedback on regarding to the articles, regarding to the podcast um, are super appreciated. Um, but let's talk about this moment. So my biggest problem up to this point have been bet sizing. Um, and this, I don't explain this perfectly or, or very well, I think. I could definitely probably in a year or two probably rewrite this whole article and it would be far, far more in depth and would probably have information that's valid for people and actually as a teaching tool. But uh, I'm still very new, relatively speaking, and I'm pretty bad at poker anyway. So I don't, I don't think that's really something for me to think much about. But the basic, the biggest problem, or the leak, that, as the poker term is, uh, was my bet sizing. And one of these was betting, uh, and I, I break it down into four concepts, right? So the first one is betting depending on the player. So if I'm against certain players, I will bet bigger. Against other players, I will bet smaller, and against other players, I will bet the same. And this kind of puts, this is because I'm putting players into certain groups of typing, say against an aggro fish, I'm going to bet big because I know they're going to call me or they're going to raise me and this is great. Against a uh, fit or fold, I might check it back or I might bet smaller because I know they're going to hang around. Uh, if I think they're a recreational, uh, a reg, that's pretty good. I'm going to bet the same sizing every single time because I know that. Uh, bet sizing regarding the pot. So if I'm going, okay, I'm going to bet in the size regarding to the pot, I'm not just going to bet say a pot is 50 pounds or 50 dollars right i'm going to bet in relation to 50 dollars as opposed to keeping it at potentially a standard seven pounds you're still making seven pounds and everyone but the thing is everybody's going to call you whereas to win a game of poker or to sometimes win a hand you have to get people to fold sometimes you want them to call you all the way sometimes you actually are kind of happy with a fold and a win's a win it's all relative regarding into the situation the hand the flop everything else right but if you are betting in relation to the pot on every time, then it, it becomes very, you're not giving out information, right? And that was something I just didn't understand before this. And I think that's something that goes without selling to a lot of people. This was something I hadn't quite gotten. Um, but I think it's still an important lesson. Um, so say a pot is $50, as I said earlier, I would bet three quarters the pot. So I would bet probably about uh, 37, 38 pounds. Maybe sometimes I would bet size it up to like 44 pounds. Sometimes I might size it down to 30 pounds. This would be where I would depend on the player, what I would do, uh, or if I would just keep it at that kind of three quarters stack. That, that makes sense, right? Um, the last two points doesn't make a lot of sense, but I can explain it far better here. So winning the most when I'm winning. So before the cards are flipped over, um, basically I'm getting them to put the most amount of money in when I know I'm ahead, when I know I'm going to win this pot. Uh, even if they don't quite know it, I'm going to bet bigger and get more money when it's like that. But in the same sense, I might check more or let them pick the pot sizing because I believe they're going to give me the best rate for this pot to continue. So I might check it over to them. I might bet a lot smaller, do a blocking bet. There's a lot of things that I still don't quite know about the, the the last point, the, the latter point, um, but still basically losing the least amount when I, when I think I might lose and betting the most when I'm going to win. Sometimes folding is correct, obviously. Sometimes if you're getting pot odds and it says, I have to win one in seven times, well, you're going to call, right? Because if you win one in seven and they just flip over a bluff and you just go, you should have bet more there, I probably would have folded. But because you gave me one in seven times, I'm going to call you. And then you, they go, uh, they, they obviously, you don't tell them this, but then you suddenly win. This feels great. <laughs> um, 
But this was my, one of my biggest problems, especially when playing cash, because I come from a tournament background. Going into cash games was so much more difficult, uh, because it is a, it's a totally different beast, and it's, it's really fucking, it fucked with my head for about the first three, uh, for, we've done about three sessions now, um, and it still fucks with my head, because I, I, I am just an intrinsic tournament player. I am just a tournament player. I am not a cash player, I am just a tournament player. And now I'm coming into a cash game mindset, and it's, I'm having to really do a lot of work, because if I don't, it's, it's hard, because I want to bet, oh, I'm just going to bet what, half the pot, or I'm just going to bet on this amount of chips. No, 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 that chips is actually cash, and these things happen, right? Um, but I was able to obviously bet more and get more pots in, and I was able to build the pots up, and because I had changed these a few very small things with my sizing, I was suddenly betting probably the most or the second most on the table, in pots. Probably my mentor was almost always betting the most amount of money and getting the most amount of money in the pots when he was winning, but I was definitely now a closer second because I understood what his sizing was, he had told me what I should do, and then suddenly the pots I was playing were bigger, and then when I won, because I was able to get like an extra, say, 15, 20 pounds from each additional caller, suddenly the pots are getting inflated far bigger. They're calling because that's what they would do anyway. It doesn't matter if it was £7 or £15, they're going to call me regardless. Suddenly I'm getting an extra £7 from everyone. So that's £21 from three callers. Holy shit. You do that for three streets and you flip over and you get the win and you have the winning hand? You you suddenly gone from potentially winning maybe a £100 pot into inflating a pot by a few hundred. And now they realise at the end, they're like, oh my god, there's so much money in the middle. How much of that is mine? Oh my god. They're like, I have to call. Or they're like, I'm gonna have to fold and this is really bad. And you've suddenly taken like £100 out of them and they just didn't even realise it till the end. Or they don't even realise it. Which is the even better part. Um, so I want to kind of go over the hand that changed me and, and I'm gonna be frank, right? This is not an incredibly amazing hand and I've reflected about this. I've played a session since then This isn't particularly impressive. This is a very small stakes game. This is one pound one pound uh, This was a large uh, pot that I've played in my life, but uh, this is definitely not a super impressive pot by any stretch of the imagination It's fine, but that's basically where I end with it um, but uh, because of who I was playing against, um, who I would only run this because one, who I was doing this against, two, my table image. So everyone had seen me as kind of a very tight, um, and they'd also seen me as a tight player, but a very good player. Um, and I'd always shown the best hand, right? I'd always shown like maybe the second or third best hand, but I'd always, when I was getting money in and I had called an all in or whatever, I always had a very, very good hand. So I had been shown to always have strength. So because of that, I think I was. This is why I was able to do this. Uh, so I'm going to just literally recap it point for point. If you're reading the article, I'm going to go over it more in a slight more detail here because obviously I have my notes in front of me as well as what I've written down here. Um, so the blinds are one pound, one pound, um, and we're and everybody at the table is fundamentally pretty deep stack. I think there were like one or two people that weren't, but. Everyone has about five hundred pounds. The max buy-in for the table was actually above, uh, was around this because you could just meet the same amount. But this is what it was. It was everyone had about five hundred pounds. I think at this point I had about seven or eight hundred pounds. Um, but when you're running good and you're getting lucky, you know, like you you just you're just running good, right? 
Um, so I look down at Ace Queen off under the gun, uh, which is the first person to act. It's not an amazing hand, but very much, um, especially at this table, very much an easy opener. Um, and it's just really, it's fine. Like this has actually been shown to be far more of a premium hand at this table. So I was very comfortable with opening this up and trying to get some money. Uh, I also knew against certain players at this table, I could probably run a bluff. Um, I'm probably do a pretty big bluff because of, as I've said, my table image, a few people at this table had shown me there and I'd also been willing to pay people. So, um, not a good thing, but, um, if I basically was like, oh, I can basically spend 70 pounds here and see their hand, I'm going to probably do it. If it's 70 pound across the flop, the turn, or pre-flop, the flop, the turn, the river, it's 70 pounds in total. That's fine to me if they're going to bet like 20 pounds at the end and I'm going to be like, yeah, pot odds dictate I have to do this. Um, so, we have three callers. And it's, uh, I raised to 10 pounds and we get three callers. So the pot is 40 pounds at the moment with one big blind in there. So it's 41 pounds. We get three callers and it's 337 rainbow. None of the suits match, but meaning that's what a rainbow means. And we did not connect at all. Now, this is not great for us, but we are the second person to act um, as the big blind had called us. We bet 25 pounds. I think... Because we've already said the pot is £41, we definitely could have sized it up here. Uh, but we didn't. So, medium. Pretty medium play here. Um, I think I got my pot sizing wrong, or maybe the mount wrong at the end of this article. But I, uh, going through it, I think I bet £10. Three callers, that's £40. We bet £25. We only get one caller, so that's £50. So that we got £90 into the pot in total. Uh, Jack of clubs comes in obviously flush draw does bring it in for us uh but we don't actually have a flush draw we only have the ace of clubs as a blocker which is really important because obviously if another club came i can barrel that as well uh and because i have the ace a, uh, ace of clubs he there's no way if i bet big he can call me right because i can just be like i have the nuts and he goes man so i bet 55 he thinks about it for a few minutes. This guy has started to, has gone, he's, he's relatively fine poker face, but he, he starts to crack. Which feels great when your opponent starts cracking. Uh, feels good. I could have also bet this slightly more. I think 65 would have been better. Um, but obviously we kind of want, it's like in that weird way, we kind of want to call, but we're also very happy with just taking it down here. But if we can have 55 pounds more of his money and then to get him to fold, I think I'm pretty happy with it. He tanks for a bit and then he decides to call. Now the five of hearts on the river fucking sucks, right? It, it fucking sucks. Uh, it's 110. No, no, no. I got it right because obviously that's 110 plus the 90. Yeah, no. Okay. So I got it right at 100, uh, 201 pounds. Um, right. So but he's busy going it. Five of hearts. We, we missed our quote bluff flush draw. We don't have any jack, uh, which we can kind of represent with our queen, but obviously we're not great. We've got top pair, top kicker, not great. Uh, but we, we're first to act, so we have to, and for us to win this pot, we have to bet. There's no way we can just check it over to him to win, right? So we have to go for three quarters pot. So I bet 150 pounds into this, into a pot of 210. Oh boy, does he <laughs> not look happy. So as I say in the article, when I start thinking about his combo ranges and everything else, um, I put him on 10s, 9s, he could have 8s here, uh, he could have had a 7, um, he, 
Uh, he, there's not a lot. He could have had seven. Uh, what was the turn? A queen, a uh, jack. Seven, eight, nine. He could have had eight, nine there suited. Potentially eight, nine of clubs. So he's got a flush draw, straight draw. So a ten would have been good for him, and a club would have been good for him. Um. It's, it's like, I, I was struggling to put him through combinations, but outside of pairs, he could have had a set of sevens, which is something I put him on. Uh, whereas if I had jacks, I would play it this way, because um, I would just want to get the most amount of money. And, and like, that's something I found and I was told uh, when I was playing this kind of state. You just need to play pretty face up, but then you can bluff face up. So it fucks with people's heads because you're just like, I'm going to bet as if I have a set. And they're just like, man, he's got a set. And you go, uh-huh, I got fuck all. Uh-huh. And it just works, which is, <laughs> which frankly is the best part about poker because you can be bluffing, but you can also not be bluffing. But at least more stakes, it, it's rather regardless. So after a while, he folds and I look at him. I look a little bit sad. I muck my hand uh, and I go, good fold. And he, he does smirk a little bit. Uh, which I feel good about, right? Because the last thing I want to do is ha ha ha, flip over the hand, bluff. He gets tilted, and that like that's the last thing. Like I'm not there to basically hurt people's feelings or to not make their day. Like my making my day is pulling that bluff off, right? Making his day is potentially him winning some money and me also going to him and saying you did a good fold there. It doesn't matter for him. Even if he had, like, a marginal call there, there are so many hands. I'm under the gun. There are so many hands there. I would play aces, kings, queens, all like this, probably. Especially if I have a, a, spa a, a club blocker. I would play it like this every time. I play jacks like this. I play... Uh, yeah, I play all of those hands like that. I wouldn't have ace three here. Um, let's be realistic here. Maybe he put me on ace three? That's a hand I thought he could have put me on at the end. I was like, damn, did he put me on like a set of threes? But I don't think he did. Um, he might put me on a set of sevens. Like I flopped a house, maybe. I don't know. It's weird. Uh, but kind of letting, let, folding the hand, mucking it, saying good fold, whatever. This isn't an amazing play. And, and like I totally admit that this is not an amazing play. But it, it kind of, this play... Um, basically it turned me from a player that before this weekend, before that weekend rather, um, from a medium to okay, super, super low stakes 1-1 one, one player into someone slightly better. I was able to pull off a bluff in a, in a bluff rather, in a spot that I knew I had to bluff as opposed to being in a spot where it wasn't going to be as good and I probably would have lost. And I would have felt really sad. And and that's that's the frustration, right? Of, of losing a hand when I could have won it. Uh, whereas I decided to pull the trigger and it worked. There are also times where I pull the trigger and I go, look, he calls me and I go, ace high. Flip my hand over and he goes, I have a pair of fives. And he had like rivered, like he's got like a pair of fives. He he got the five of hearts. He's now got a house. And that, that that's poker sometimes, right? Probably would have worked unless that card happened. Right, and sometimes you just shrug your shoulders. I mean, I recently last weekend I was playing a pot, um, and I was playing on a table with a lot of uh, fishes. We're gonna call them fishies. They're very fishy players, and uh, my mentor was loving the table, uh, especially after I had not got knocked out. Now the hand that knocked me out is a really tilting thing. I'm, I think I'm under the gun plus one. Uh, we're playing eight or nine handed. I can't quite remember. Um, and I look down at ace-king off, and I raise up to 15 pounds. So playing 1-2 here, and 15 pounds have been the standard 
ta min raise table. I think that was a straddle on maybe, so 15 pounds. Uh, we get like three callers and the flop comes uh, four, five, queen, right? Four, five, queen. So we've got two overs. It gets uh, checked to us. We check and then the two people behind us check it as well. Ace on the turn, right? My hand's probably the best here. I only lose to a set of queens or ace queen here. I bet one caller who re he who one guy who re-raises me. I shove. He calls. Tar uh, River is a king. I flip over ace king, and he just shows me two three suited for a straight that he turned. Ooh, we uh, feels tilting, but that's poker, right? That's sometimes you're going to get paid in that spot. He's playing two three suited. He won that hand. It's frustrating, and that hand really tilted me, but because I'd also been beaten by a hand similar for about two hours beforehand, I think I'd been beaten by like 3-4 or 4-5 or something like that, in an exact same kind of situation where I had a straight, no, I had two pair and they they had a straight, and it just wasn't plausible for me to put on a straight, because I'd been told not to put people on a straight in that kind of situation. It's frustrating, but like these things happen and obviously the better I get the more I might be able to understand these spots Which is the most important thing and that's what my retrospective is about The more I understand about poker the more I'm able to understand that while you can literally Compile the rules of poker onto a two-sided playing card that go into most bicycle playing cards that you buy on this like you buy um, While the rules are super easy to explain this is what a royal flush straight flush this is what four of a kind, full house, all of them going down. The rules are fundamentally very easy to understand. Like you can just have the card next to you and go, this is what I have. This is what my hand is. Okay, I'm going to bet three pounds. Like everybody can understand that. But the depth and the complexity of this level is just so insane. Like it's so insane. While everyone is like pre-flop has been solved. Hold'em literally goes, okay, pre-flop solved. Who gives a fuck about that? All, half of the, well, most of the skill in my eyes comes actually all down to the the flop, the turn, the river. There's just so many decisions that you have. And while it's like everyone has the same three options, arguably, which is fold, check, or bet, right? Or call or bet. While those are your three options, that doesn't mean anything. You have so much more to do, and it's so insane. It's so insane, and I just love this game. Like, I've only been playing for arguably just over a year now. The more I play, the more I love it. Oh, dude, this game is just so sick. I haven't actually felt this love for a game for a while. Um, uh, and next week's article, I'm going to be discussing my love for a game that I think will actually be limitless. Um, I don't know how long I'll play poker for, and I don't know if I'll play it ever professionally or anything else. Um, but my love for poker is very similar to what my love for next week's game, uh, the next week uh, article and the game that I have this undying love for, which while I've not played it a lot, relatively speaking, this year and over the last year or two, uh, in comparison to what I have in the past, um, I think I'll always love the game. Um, but look forward to next week's article. I'm going to leave you with the quotes that I left at the bottom of the article. A man with money is no match for a man on a mission. That's Doyle Brunson. I'm Alex Swan. Thank you so much for listening to Too Long Just Listen. If you enjoyed this podcast, please do give it a rating. We are now on SoundCloud, Stitcher, 
iTunes, Spotify, we're on pretty much most of your major stream, um, stream platforms. If you liked it, please do rate us on whatever service you are using. Also, any feedback is greatly appreciated. This is only the second episode, so I would thoroughly enjoy any form of feedback. Positive, negative, I honestly, I just want to get better at doing this. Um, and yeah, thank you so much for listening. Take care, and I'll speak to you soon. Goodbye.